Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we are back from a little bit of a long break for Wusha Weekend. Uh, and we're also coming on Saturday rather than Friday, which is our normal time. Um, today we're going to be talking about the movie The Bastard Swordsman. This is by Lu Chun Ku, who uh, also directed films like Holy Flame of the Martial World, which I'm a big fan of, but also Lover's Blades, which we just talked about between me and Dion uh, a few weeks back, um, among a number of other very good films. Um, one of my personal favorites is The Holy Virgin versus The Evil Dead. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so The Bastard Swordsman, I would file this under Gonzo Wuxia for sure. It's got that sort of uh, candy-colored early 80s Shaw Brothers, you know, super fantastic Wuxia feel to it. And it stars Norman Chu in a in a in a very interesting role as Yunfei Yang, who's this orphaned. Uh, he's he's not quite a hero when we first meet him, but he's an he's a, he's an orphaned disciple, or not even a disciple, a servant at Wudong, and he's bullied by all of the other Wudong disciples. And the master isn't teaching him anything, but we find out later he's secretly being taught by somebody in a mask at night and learning all these great skills. And uh, it's it's just a. Um, you know, it's just kind of like a, a fairly simple plot about this ongoing feud between Wudong and the Invincible Clan and the leader of Invincible Clan, uh, who we'll get into this later, maybe, uh, you know, has his reasons for having enmity against Wudong. Uh, every 10 years is facing off against the master and defeating him. Um, but then this other guy steps in. Um, uh, what was his name? Fu Yu Shu, right? The, uh, yes. Uh, played by La Wing, who is also the... The, the really smarmy master in uh, Human Lanterns that we both loved. Uh, yes. And he, and he almost <laughs> plays kind of the same character here, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was glad to see him show up in this. And, uh, yeah, this was this was a really enjoyable movie. The whole, you know, when I, when I saw the movie, it was 1983. I was like, oh, I hope this is one of those gonzo, lots of effects kind of over-the-top martial arts movies. And, and oh, yeah, totally. It delivered on that. I, I, I got it, it. It's, it's a good film. It's not, it's not as crazy as something like Buddha's Palm or something, but it's, uh, it's, it's up still, there, it's though. still going in that yeah. direction. Yeah, and it's, it's not as crazy as Holy Flame in the Martial World, though it does have a lot of the same actors. But it, this, this feels like a little bit more grounded because it's all set yeah. at Wudong. It's like they, they don't really move around that much, so you don't get the in a lot of these movies that have the have this sort of vibe to them part of what makes them so thrilling is going from location to location and set to set. And this one feels like, I don't know, maybe it was done on more of a budget in terms of locations, or maybe they just didn't have as much access to the different studios for whatever reason. But yeah, the sets were pretty simple. You're right. Yeah, I they mean, were simple be... and it was one place. It was like this place and Invincible Clan and then the forest. And I think that was... Oh, and there was the, uh, you know, the the stock in that, you know, was probably the same yeah. in they've used in a hundred movies. Yeah. Uh, and the abandoned temple and the abandoned temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, th I thought this was a, a really enjoyable film. I had seen it uh, before. I think I made a talked about it on the podcast, like is just on my own. Um, but I really liked the, the whole silk thread thing. I liked the effects in this movie. I thought that, that it had really good effects and I, I liked the, the sort of human drama of the characters. I liked the setup of, of the Norman Chu character. I thought Norman Chu did a really good job of playing, playing this because Norman Chu is sort of physically imposing. He's got like a big physique 
and yeah. I liked how he he used it like he his arms were the thing that really made him awkward. Do you know what I mean? Like he, yeah, yeah, it was great body language in this. It, uh, yeah, he he uh, he he definitely managed to, to to carry that air of kind of patheticness, even though he is a, a pretty hulking guy. But uh, but yeah, no, I I I was I was really really. Uh, really glad i think i think uh dion recommended we review it well you had a list and she was like oh you guys should do this one and, yeah and so if she's listening i thank you that was a good pick I yeah because really enjoyed it we were supposed <laughs> to do flying swords of dragon gate at one point and that got swapped around and then i got my days confused and so we realized last minute we had to do one that both me and adam could watch which basically meant we had to pick something right away off amazon prime um yeah. and so uh this was this ended up being a good choice i think um and 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 again, it has sword in the title, so we're still within the parameters of our theme. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, so we've not gone off script, and uh, yeah, but uh, no, uh, the, the, uh, it, it's it's a good plot too. I mean, it's it's the at core, it's a fairly simple plot. There's a lot of like twists throughout it that uh, keep occurring, like you know what Fu Yushu's real agenda is, and the uh, secret training that. Yunfei Yang is getting, and it just, you just kind of keep getting all these layers that keep getting. It, it, it comes at a nice pace. It, like the movie never gets confusing, but it keeps kind of every every ten minutes or so, there's some new element that kind of gets thrown into the mix. Yeah, and I, again, I think part of what makes that work is the fact that they really do stick around at this one location, and that kind of. I, I could see it getting more confusing if there was a lot of other stuff going on, like mm-hmm. they're going from point A to point B, and you're tracking all these places in your mind but all you have to really keep track of are the, is the human drama and it's like the uh you know like you said the layers like right down to the to the manual that has another manual hidden inside of it um you know yeah. like all, you know all these little details and then <laughs> and, and and then like the backstory we get you know we get we get we get this great backstory when he when he go you know his, his uh, so spoilers you know his his secret master dies and gives him a, a jade heirloom that he has to go bring to invincible clan and he has to bring it to um what was the woman's name the uh the the woman at the uh, invincible clan the one he uh, had Shen, to Shenman I'm going to mispronounce this Shenman Jun I think was her name yes yes um, yes that's correct and uh he had to bring that to her and then she told him the backstory about how which i thought was interesting so so the big villain in this is uh is dugu woody who's just kind of like a typical martial badass that just wants to be the best basically he, yeah. you know that's that's pretty much what his deal is well at least that's uh, all we think at the beginning yeah. there's another another layer there yeah. as with everything but, in this movie. so he learns something that they call in the movie fatal skill or fatal technique or something like that and he's and and the whole the whole thing that we're trying to like the like the big question before he has a duel is what level he's gotten to with the <laughs> technique and this is something you see in a lot of these movies the characters they'll have a technique and they'll get to certain levels of that technique and so the uh the master of wudong he's con- he's he's confident that if he if uh if if uh Woody gets to you know 6 or 7 he's going to be fine but what he doesn't realize is Woody's gotten to 8 and 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 Woody, yeah. you know, and actually, yeah, yeah, I was eight. You're right. Yeah. But what we find out in the backstory is that uh, is that his wife uh, Shen Manjun is upset because he's. It sounds like the the training in this fatal technique has made him impotent, or some it, it's it's sapped. She says it sapped his like vital manly energies, or something like that. I can't remember the exact 
phrasing. But yeah. I think I think it basically, at the very least, it reduced his sexual appetite. So she was vindictive against him over that. And so her way of getting back at him was to rescue all the people that he wanted to kill. And one of the people he wanted to kill was the master of Wudang sect. So she takes him in, and she's also drinking heavily because she's so upset at the husband. And she has this affair with the, the master of Wudang sect. And so the the daughter of the invincible clan who we believe up into this point in the movie to be the daughter of of dugu woody turns out to really be the daughter of the uh, uh you know of, of the wudang master because of that affair um, yeah and of course that reveals too that you know we find out late in the movie that you know you have to be a virgin to really master the silkworm technique which which uh, explains why ching you know the, the leader of uh of, of Wudang, that Ching Song, why he never actually mastered it is because yeah, he uh, he was he was not really as pure as he was claiming to be. Yeah, and, but, and there's a really peculiar scene in this movie where so the Norman Chu character, you know, he's obviously a virgin. He's he's going to master this technique, but he gets injured beforehand, and so the um, the uh, the uh, Shen Manjun character, she uh, she she gives him some of her energy, and then. She reveals that she was given the manual by the Wudong master, and that she understood how to how to how to uh, uh, you know bring his 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 abilities to the to, to to the right level, and 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 to sort of break through that threshold that other people couldn't. And it required bringing uh, basically he needed three uh, sources of yin energy, is what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah, three women. So yeah, and they just happen to be three women in the room, so everything works out perfectly. And so, so I thought, you know, so and, you know, not, so, so in a lot of these movies, you get these these interesting sort of mystical uses of of uh, of Taoism, and 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 I, I just kind of think that worked really well here, where you know, the, it the, did, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a really good uh, good sequence. The whole uh, the whole cocoon sequence he goes into. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love stuff like that in these movies. And of course, then we have the whole, uh, you know, Fuyu Shu's uh, minions, the lightning, rain, wind, and thunder, who are a whole nother colorful element going on in the movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, it, 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 there's just always something entertaining going on in this one. Well, what I liked about that, too, is I like they really had that stark appearance to them, like his minions all have white hair and funny eyebrows. And, you know, they're they're all they're all again, you know, I I think this is something people don't realize about Wuxia because a lot of I mean, you sort of see it if you saw a movie like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon or something a little bit. But I don't think it's I think that's that movie's subdued enough that you can really miss just how eccentric so many of the characters tend to be in the genre. And, And this is a movie that that really fully commits to the idea of this martial world filled with really eccentric and colorful characters. And, and so, you know, uh, you know, with the, 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 uh, um, uh, Fuyu Shu character, you know, he's eccentric in terms of his personality, but his minions are, are, uh, are <laughs> sort of this, this delightful visual presence. And, yeah. They're, and he, they're, and, they're verging into superhero territory with the, uh, the way they dress. And, and, and what I, what I liked about him was he felt like a, a slightly more humanized master lung from human lanterns in this one. You know, he, yeah. he, 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 he had all of those other qualities. Like he's, he's secretly trying to take over the sect, but he has a good reason. It's, it's, it's to get, it's to get revenge for his grandfather who had tried to steal the manual before and was killed by Wudong. 
And so it's a legitimate grudge. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's sort of fulfilling his duty to his, uh, to his grandfather there. Um, mm-hmm. But he kind of loses sight of the mission when he meets, um, what's her name? Uh, Lun Wan Er, uh, played by Leanne Lau, who's a really good actress in these movies. I, I, yeah, I, I, she, she is. She was in, um, in Holy Flame in the Martial World. She played a, a white-haired old uh, uh, leader of one of the sects and, huh. and did a tremendous job with it. And I think, I think here she... Uh, she she really uh, does a good job as the as she's sort of the love interest, but she's also she, she, on the one hand she's the most supportive person towards Yun Fei Yang. On the other hand, she's the person who sort of uh, becomes antagonistic towards him when she falls in love with uh, Fu Yu Shu. Um, yeah, yeah, and, it's a complicated relationship there for sure. But what I thought was interesting about that relationship is how Fu Yushu, he loses sight of his mission and kind of, it feels like he's actually, you know, legitimately falling in love with her too, maybe. Because um, he shows yeah. he's merciful towards her, he lets her go, and he kind of starts making mistakes around that time. Yeah, it's interesting because it, because the characters in this movie all have, you know, they have very grounded motivations. Like you say, Fu Yushu, his motivation is revenge. But he, so he's kind of got, like you say, he has a righteous purpose, but at the same time, he goes about it in the most underhanded way yeah. possible, which kind of taints it. It's like, so he, it, it does kind of put him in the villain role properly, even though he has, you know, you, you understand why he's doing it, but uh, it's hard, it's hard to, to justify the, the, uh, the ends he went to in doing it. And well, then of course he, it, it's, it's also, it's, it's mixed because on the one hand, yeah, he just wants to get revenge, but he's also awfully interested in learning that silkworm technique. Which oh is, yeah, <laughs> which is a purely selfish uh, motivation. But I, I love so. the whole setup. He basically the way he gets them to trust him is Invincible Sect. The Woody, yes. the leader of Invincible Sect, says we're going to meet again in two years and fight after this duel because he defeats the master of Wu Dang, uh, uh, Ching Song. Right, was his name. Yes. Um, he defeats Ching Song and he tells them that we're going to meet again in two years and they agree not to have any kind of battle between then and and then we see a scene where the Invisible Clan leader says I hope all my disciples will behave for the next two years so I can go into seclusion <laughs> and train and then the next moment they're at an inn and these people attack Chin Song and you know claiming you know apparently from Invincible Clan and in the process this uh, Fu Yushu character who just seems to be this wandering scholar swordsman uh, steps in and helps but then his mother and his sister are killed so you're you know you're like well that obviously wasn't a setup there's you know he's clearly you know uh, you know in, uh, you know deserving of being brought into Wudong sect and initiated which is what they do but then we find out later that the woman that he said was his mother and his sister were actually just two prostitutes that he hired to yeah. to pretend to die. <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole deception with the uh, the the uh, battle at the end was handled very well. I thought it uh, it uh, you know I mean because it, it, it for this little bit of time it gives you just enough time in the movie where you can think that oh Fu Yushu is this genuinely yeah. good guy who just jumped in and helped and something tragic happened and uh, you know and that but it doesn't go too long with that. This, but, uh, was, this was my second time seeing the movie, and I was still surprised. Like, 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 <laughs> yeah. like they still fooled me in that scene. 
Yeah, no, because they play it straight. He comes off as this, this this heroic noble figure who, oh, you're bullying this guy. I'm going to step in and help you out, it, it which is been, a perfectly wusha thing to do. It had been long enough since my last viewing that I didn't really remember where his character went. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I had like vague sense of where everything was going to go, but I couldn't really remember. And so I think that's a sign of doing it well because I, I, I think if they had done it poorly on the second time around, you would definitely pick up on it. Um, yeah. But... Uh, but but yeah, so so I thought that part was handled really well too. Um, I also thought that the uh, um, uh, that the whole the whole movie to me is a very gameable film. I feel like yes, I feel like that the, the techniques, the the rules for the techniques, and just the two clan like you could easily spin a, an adventure out of this. I thought. Yeah. Well, it's it's. It, it's it's you know the, the structure of this movie it kind of mutates as it goes it's very free-flowing so i mean initially it starts with the the head of these two sects kind of having their rivalry by the end of the movie that's all drifted off and it's into this big fight between yun fei yang and, and fu yu shu which is you know not where we started at all and it's like it you know i mean it's it's the way if you've got a really good role-playing campaign just these you know the events are just kind of emerging out of what's going on in the yeah. world, and that's that that's a, that's that's a very a very good gameable thing, in my opinion. You've just got a lot of there's just a lot of hooks that uh, that that people can get involved in. And the and the and the and the silkworm technique itself is just so fun on camera. It's not it exactly is. clear a hundred percent what it does, but it's like no, he, it doesn't need to be. <laughs> but he cocoons himself like he literally cocoons then. He he turns he turns into a white haired you know master basically by the time he's done and he's able to weave all these threads against his enemies and it's, yeah. it's, you know it's it's, it's like he's he's, he's he's basically throwing you know chi infused silk at people is what it looks like yeah it's it's very very spider manish technique at some points but uh, yeah I. Now, I thought the fight scenes in this are very good. I, you know, back, going back to the first, the first duel that where you know they had the ten-year duel at the beginning. Just from that point in the movie, I was just like, yeah, this is, this this is really great. I was I was thoroughly on board with the movie for every second past that point. Yeah, the 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 fight scenes were were, were well done. I thought uh, they they were really well they were well shot. They were well uh, well performed and well choreographed. Mm-hmm. And and they didn't really they didn't really disappoint. And also, we're forgetting to mention a very important thing. Lo Meng is in this too. He plays um, uh, Kun Sun Wang, who's uh, another member of Invincible Clan. He's the one that shows up very early on to deliver. There's a scene which is is, is pretty amusing when he when uh, Lo Meng's character shows up at Udong to deliver a gift to the master of Udong, basically oh, yes. announcing that the, the duel date has arrived. And, 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 and the gift is a, is a woman's wrap robe, I think, or, 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 or some kind of blouse or something like that. And he says, you know, my master doesn't think you're going to show up. So this is so you can, you can put this on and just, you know, flee the martial world. Uh, you know, I forget exactly what he said, but it was, a. um, yeah, I love, I love the classic, uh, early insulting <laughs> gift scene in, in a movie. That's always good. Going back to Shakespeare's, henry the fifth with the tennis balls it's just a, it's just a classic trope yeah. that always works well and i like but, uh, when i like when there's like that degree of politeness involved so that's like yeah it's not it's not exactly clear how it how hostile this is until you, know, <laughs> until you open the gift yeah. you're like oh <laughs> 
but Lomang, but, I mean, obviously Lomang is is a you know he's going to be good, but 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 he they used him well early on, so it really you know that was I think his fight scene is the first one, so that really establishes the the quality of the film from the from right out of the gate, and also the yeah. humor in this yeah, movie. You're, too, you're right. I, I I said the duel scene was where I went over. That was the scene that won me over. That 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 scene was great. And it's and it's a great scene where he's. It's just one of these scenes where like the person is fighting their way into the temple type of a thing. You know, it's a um, yeah. You know, it, uh, well, it's 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 good too because I the whole you know the whole thing of him yeah him him refusing to to put his sword away and then the scene ends with the with you know Ching Song just taking his sword away at the end to be like oh and by the way you know <laughs> yeah it's a, you know it seems like he's totally gotten away with disrespecting their traditions but it's like oh this Ching Song's a little a little tougher than we we, we were thinking and. uh but I also I, I liked that Wudong here. They're not all that sympathetic in a lot of ways. Like you really don't like yeah. them because the, at the beginning of the movie they're using um, they're using uh, Norman Chu's character to as target practice. Basically, they have him put on like a some kind of metal armor and have him hold all these targets so that they can throw uh, darts and daggers or something. I think it was daggers at a moving target and. Uh, yeah. And, and they're just bullying him and being mean to him. And then there are these two, I think they call them the keepers of the law or the keepers of brothers of justice. But they're, they're these two guys that they always go to whenever there's trouble. They're the elders that you have to basically bring any grievances to. And and they're just so slimy and shady, <laughs> so and they're always nice. taking the side of the of the of the of the naughty pupils. But then when things really get bad, and and um uh and uh Fu Yu Shu tries to take over, uh, like half of Wudong sect defects to him. Yeah, you know? I was I, I I was thinking a lot in this movie of Quan Zhang sect in Return of Condor Heroes, where it's like, okay, it's this greatly respected order that's just started to rot from the inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah, it's very it's very much in the style of that, and and I think um, and then and then of course you know some of the other ones do commit suicide, you know, so they they sort of preserve a degree of honor, but they're they're a pretty small minority of the of the student body, I think there, and, yeah. Uh, and that's actually the scene where Lun Wan R is 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 protected by Fu Yu Shu, who stops her from committing suicide. Um, yeah, which was his fatal error. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I I thought it was I thought it was uh, a a really fabulous movie, uh, and it's it's one I always recommend to people just because it. it it's it, again. There, there's there's it's like you said. There's a certain style of wuxia that comes out in the mid the mid and early '80s that's really gonzo and just has a certain vibe and color to it. And this is part of that that part of that movement of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's also one that I think it presents itself as a no, more normal film at first. So you're not like like Holy Flame in the Martial World. <laughs> right away, you know you're in like this zany universe that most martial arts movies don't reside in and in this one you start out in a normal martial arts universe and it gets progressively more into that territory but it doesn't it it doesn't it it only gets really crazy like in the final sections of the movie when you have the actual silken thread technique being used and a few other areas too like there's a scene where the guy's floating around in the chair and attacking (laughs) you know things like that too but, yeah, there, there's scenes that are way out there in that mid '80s vibe, but but I'd say 80 percent of the movie, the scene would be at home in any late '70s Shaw Brothers movie yeah. from that era. 
so, so it's it, an interesting balance, I think. It's, it, yeah. it creates an interesting balance because you, you, it's got it's got the Gonzo stuff, but you still have to take it kind of more seriously. Like a lot of those, a lot of the more Gonzo films, you know, it's 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 crazy the whole way through, and so you're just you're just sort of anticipating. Well, what's the next crazy thing I'm going to see? <laughs> uh, and this isn't like that. This is like you'll get some crazy stuff, but it's mixed in with a lot of real sort of serious character development and 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 fight scenes and 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 also they don't they don't go for a lot of humor in the fights themselves. The fight the, the fights tend to be no. played pretty straight as well. So they and they don't do this thing that. Like in Holy Flame in the Martial World, there's a lot of reverse crank where the fight scenes are like ridiculously sped up, and they don't do that here. They don't do any of that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's a it's it's a real it's a real enjoyable movie, um, and and I think um, I think it, it's on it's on Prime right now too. So we definitely would tell people that they should go check it out. And if they're gonna check out this one, I think they should check out films like Holy Flame in the Martial World, Buddha's Palm, all you know. Mm-hmm. If, if you're inclined, check out, uh, I think it's Journey of the Doomed, which is also in that zone, but it's one I might not recommend as highly. Uh, Battle Wizard is another one that's kind of in that zone. Um, but uh, again, I wouldn't recommend it quite as highly. But 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 if you like Candy Colored and you like Gonzo, this is this is a wuxia film for you. Yeah, and, this this is a good one to introduce people to with to I think to an extent because it is it is very. I would, you know, I mean, it, I would have loved this even before I got into Wuxia. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think you need to be into Wuxia to enjoy a movie like this. I think I think yeah. this one is um, uh, entertaining, even if you don't know that much about the genre. It, it might even be a good introduction to the genre for some people because it kind of gives you an indication of just how far the genre can go in certain directions. Yeah. Um, you know, I you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, I. I I'm sort of pondering in my mind whether, like, you know, like the, the typical route for people to learn about Wuxia, I guess, like, the standard would be, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or Hero, or one of the big movies that made it over here, you know, somewhat recently. Um, and, you know, a movie like this, though, I don't know, maybe it would be interesting if, uh, as a... Because I think something that happens when people watch Crouching Tiger or Hero is that comes from a time when wuxia movies were, like, extremely serious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? I, and, no, I mean, for me, I that was the first one I really saw. I went, I, I, I get into wuxia very late, and it's like I, I went and saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in the theater, and it was, I, I liked it, but it was a very serious movie, and I, when I started watching these movies with you, I mean, Web of Death was, I think, the second movie yeah. I watched, and I was like, wow, these movies can be really just nonstop crazy fun, I mean, yeah. Web of Death is in it, it's, it's an earlier movie, but it's, it's kind of a precursor of this 80s style of just yeah. having really, really gonzo stuff going on, and so I... Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's good to give people a sense of how fun Wuxia can be early on. No, I think that's the thing. That's because, and again, I mean, it's, it's a Crouching Tiger and Dragon is a good movie. I'm not I'm not criticizing it all. No, but, no, but, it's but, a good but, one. But, but I just got a false impression of the genre. Yeah, because because I, I think if you watch Hero and Crouching Tiger and movies like that as your first viewing, you you could be misled to think that. That that it's 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 always going to be paced like that. That that there's always the danger of it getting boring. Do you know what I mean? Like there's like that like that kind mm-hmm. of a thing. But 
but so much of wuxia is just fun stuff. Not all of it. I mean, there's a lot of very serious wuxia from the seventies sure. that's, that's 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 dry and stuff like that too. But there's there's I mean, but so much of it, especially this period and like the nineties period, is just it, it's like there's it, it's like it's like it, it's like there was a dose of adrenaline shot into the into the movie. Do you know what I mean? There's just something going yeah. on where you can tell people are they're either desperate or really enthused about what they're doing and it's and it leads to all kinds of interesting decisions. Yeah, and I mean I think another place where Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon gives you a weird sense is that if I recall that's a pretty long movie and it's like yeah. most wuxia movies are like in the hour and a half range or it's packed with plot. You know, it's just like boom, you know, they have to they, they have well, to almost move quickly to get the whole story in, which uh that does often depend on which version you're watching because there are sometimes yeah, different cuts. Yeah. Uh but but yeah, I think I mean but most of the most of the Shaw Brothers movies that you get now, they'll be like an hour and 30 minutes. Um, and, and most, you know, a good, a good chunk of the nineties ones too. But I, I think that even, even when they, even when they are longer, they just feel different. They don't, uh, they, they, and, and I, and I understand why, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was trying to show you how beautiful Wuxia can be. Do you know what I mean? It was trying mm-hmm. to like, it was trying to like sort of direct your eyes on it and say, look, this is how graceful mm-hmm. Wuxia is. And, yeah. and you might not see this if you go and you watch, a wuxia movie for the first time like if you see even the bride with white hair or um or swordsman 2 which are outstanding wuxia films if you see those the very first time they might look a little zany to the to to the eye just because everything's so rapid and you don't necessarily understand the physics of what's going on so i feel like what crouching tiger hidden dragon did was it really took a much slower approach to present it to a western audience in a way that would emphasize the graceful beauty of it and then after that, when you go and you watch Swordsman 2, you sort of see, you know, you see it more clearly, maybe, is the idea. But, yeah. uh, but, but I think there's the other, the other side of it is that you maybe go in with this expectation that it's all serious. And yeah, I think the key is there's no, there is no one movie you can watch and understand what Wuxia is like. You, probably, yeah. you need to watch at least three, maybe four, before you're like, okay, now I understand yeah. the range that's going on yeah. here. Yeah, because there really is tremendous range. There, there really is. And, and, and I mean, and there's also tremendous change over time. If you go back and you watch the, uh, the movies from the late sixties, they look so different from the movies in the late seventies and then the eighties yeah. and the nineties. So it's, it's like, it's like watching a Western and deciding that's what Westerns are like. Cause yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good comparison. That's a very good comparison because yeah. there really are different kinds of Westerns and there are different kinds of Wuxia movies. Um, and this is one of them. And this is a good example of the, the Gonzo and the, and the uh, sect feud driven uh, wuxia movies, which I think are the best. I think I think uh, one of the one of the things I like about wuxia is that it it gets a little bit similar to our gangster movies. Do you know what I mean? It, get, it yeah. gets sort of like gang conflict of some kind. You know, obviously, sex sometimes tend to be more righteous, but as we see in this film, there's a lot of very non righteous people uh, <laughs> in the martial world, and so you know, I just I it just I think I think I think it's something that. Uh, that that I know Americans can understand that sort of style well, that sort of gang war. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it it's just a re, it's a it's a really useful uh, uh, environment for for creating interesting stories. Yeah, well, um, talking about gameable stories, I mean, that, that's the faction thing is what makes a lot of wuxia stories really gameable because yeah. having multiple factions where the players can 
choose between the factions on their own, who they were going to make enemies with, who they're going to work with, is always a great setup. But yeah. Wuxia gives you that a lot. And I think I think another thing that makes Wuxia so gameable is the fact that it doesn't really, like, Wuxia's not committed to this idea that, like, okay, th- at least in the films and in a lot of the books, this character has to make this decision by this point so that everything goes in this direction. You can totally yeah. have somebody switch sides or have a sect get extinguished and then, you know, and <laughs> and you can have a guy who maybe looks like he's supposed to be the hero die midway through and then other people pick up the story for him. You know, there, there's all kinds of things that can, that, 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 that frequently happen in these movies that that make you more comfortable allowing them in a game. And so yeah. it, it, so in a sect war situation like this, I don't know who the player characters would necessarily be. You know, they might be, they, they, they might be uh, Norman Chu, but, but, but maybe they're Lao Wing. Do you know what I mean? Like Fu, Shu, yeah. Fu Yu Shu. <laughs> I've had a number of player characters that did things like him. Um, and so, so, you know, it's, it, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of adaptability in the genre because the feuds, all that matters is the feuds going on. It doesn't matter where they go necessarily. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, if somebody decides to switch sides at the last minute, that's still interesting. And so therefore it's still valid. Um, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, you're, you're not in the, in the automatic good versus evil paradigm all the time. So it, it gives you more flexibility. Well, and what's, what's another cool thing about it is, I mean, they do have this baked-in idea of orthodox and unorthodox sects, and there usually are good and evil clans, but, like, even within that, there's so much wiggle room for, well, this clan's evil, but only because people have thought they were evil for so long, and so, really... And there's, the, this the, virtu- there's this one virtuous guy in the clan, yeah. and then uh, vice versa, yeah. and, yeah, yeah, so there's, there's tons of wiggle room, uh, you know, and you have the situation where people from two different sects come together, and and are pitted against both their sects and yeah it's no it's there's so much so much flexibility and uh yeah no it's it's a it's a uh and i guess they they kind of glossed over a really crucial detail too in this one Uh, yeah i think it was a detail that was mirrored in uh holy flame in the martial world but i'd have to watch it again to remember um but the uh 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 yun fei yang and um Dugu Fang Er, the, the the daughter of the of of the Invincible Clan, their brother and sister, right? Like, yeah, according to that backstory. But but they never they never dwell on that at all. They, at least I don't think they did. I don't remember them really saying. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's clear that it's it's not made clear who the mother of Yun Fei Yang is. I or who, I mean, if it was was he? I, I don't know. I was very confused. No, it was another. It, the, the mother was a woman surnamed Yun, so we know it was a different. We do know it was one. Okay, but, but yeah, which is interesting because then he you know, that that raised the fact that Ching Song had two affairs. Yeah, he, he's a very <laughs> prolific like, man. I, well, well, I here's know. what's really funny about that, right? Because when 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 Fu Yu Shu. T- takes on the mantle of leadership at Wudang, the first thing they say to him is, are you prepared to relinquish all earthly attachments? And and and, and that's instantly when um, when Lun Wan Er gets upset because she realizes she won't be able to have him as her husband because he can't have love yeah. in his life. And so 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 that must mean that Ching Song is like the worst leader of Wudang ever, at least in that one <laughs> crucial respect, because or they or they suddenly implemented that rule for that reason without really getting into the details of it. Uh, 
<laughs> but no, it, it uh, yeah, it definitely. It, I mean, it, it is interesting that Ching Song is this this. You know, I mean, it, it kind of explains a lot about the state the sect is in to an yeah. extent. I, I I would agree with that for sure. That's uh, there's no no argument from me on on that front. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I I think uh, I think it was weird though that they kind of glossed over that. And uh, but I really did like the um, I I love the technique with the three in energy because that to me seems so yeah. gameable. Like that's something where I instantly see it and I'm like, okay, I want to make mechanics for that. That seems like fun. <laughs> um, and uh. And, and and again, I, I love when they have like, oh, 20 years ago this happened, and and they sort of reveal all these details that become relevant. It's it's kind of a trope in the genre, but it's in it. It's always like 10 or 20 years, it seems, but it works really well. Yeah, it's always basically one generation ago this yeah. happened, which is the perfect length. Well, it's, I think uh... I think the thing I like about it is it sort of says, hey like life kind of keeps going in this martial world. Like this is like we were yes. young once too. And this is what happened to us, and now this is what's happening to you, and it's kind of that sort of a thing. It's it's very yeah, cyclical. I mean, yeah. One thing one thing I really loved about Wuxia when I first started really getting into it is the way almost every really good Wuxia movie feels like you're coming in halfway through the story. It's yeah. like it's it's not this this contained thing. It's like you're just getting a chapter of this story taking place in this really large world, which is which is which is great. And uh, and yeah, so so again, uh, you know, we're we're gonna head out now because we have a we have another podcast to record. Actually, we're doing our, yeah. our Doctor Who podcast as well. Busy schedule. Um, but but again, it's Bastard Swordsman, and it's uh it's it's directed by Lu Chun Ku, who's done a number of great movies. Um, you know, he's 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 not quite as well known, I think. But he but but like I find whenever I see his films, they tend to be solid. In fact, I w- uh, we again we we did um Lovers Blades, and I don't think I even recognized him. I don't think I made the connection. Oh, it's the guy who did Holy Flame in the Martial World and all these other movies I like. Um but but looking at his uh uh looking at his uh list of films on Hong Kong Movie Database, uh definitely I I'm I'm definitely finding that I like this guy's films. Um and so so yeah, so I guess we'll uh we'll head out and uh, I, I don't know what movie we're going to have next week. It might be uh, Flying Swords of Dragon Gate, hopefully. I've already watched it twice in anticipation of recording discussions of it. And, and we've, had, we've had it to cancel for a variety of reasons. But I don't mind watching it again. It's, a, it's, a good, it's an enjoyable enough movie. And I know we're going to be doing Butterfly and Sword as well and some other films. And we're basically, because we, because we had sort of an odd schedule, I think what we might end up doing is kind of doing a month and a half of movies with swords in the title, which mm-hmm. is probably okay given the theme is so it's it's apparently like the easiest theme to to fill up it, our roster with that we've ever had um, yeah I remember, I remember when i called up the movie on on prime to watch this movie the entire recommendations thing was whoosh movies with swords in the title was every <laughs> single recommended movie <laughs> yeah it's, it, yeah apparently it's a very common common thing um so yeah, so we'll let you go, and we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have a full crew, and we'll be able to, uh, you know, talk about uh, flying swords at Dragon Gate. So until then, we will talk to you later. <laughs>